Bean Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. Well, how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. There are a handful of things that Black people have mastered that probably have some sort of deeper, long sociocultural or geopolitical reason for or an origin story that might have either came from, I don't know, Africa or slave ships, general oppression, and have become tools of survival that we have turned into an art form, like a mastery. Um, we've mastered being cool. We've mastered cuss words. Like, you know, nobody cuss like an old black man, old black woman. Like nobody cuss like us. Like we make, we make cuss words sound like people say E40 curses, raps in cursive. You know what I'm saying? Like we, we make some old heads, it, they cuss and sound like it's cursive. Bill Burr has this joke he did a while back about like black men and cussing that they've mastered the motherfucker. Cause, um, and you don't even notice that they do it. You know, and the way that white people cuss, it just sounds racist. And he's like, it's where you put the fuck. He was like, <laughs> you're an old black man talk. He was like, hey, man, I was at the store, right? You know, earlier in this Asian motherfucker told me, hey, Asian motherfucker was talking to this, like, talking to this Mexican motherfucker. They was just saying, like, you know, blah, 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 right? It's just a descriptor. He goes, a white guy goes in there. I go, hey, I walk in there and this fucking Asian guy says, he's like, it just sounds so much more racist the way I said it. And it's really just because I put the fuck before it rather than after. He's like, I, I just said exactly what that guy said. I just, why am I? Anyway, it's an art form. We've mastered that. We have a mastery in sort of protecting you by our sense of humor. Like that's one of the ways that we sort of protect each other and build community is through our sense of humor, you know? If you're on the outs of our community, like what I told you before, is when you don't make our radar at all. Like if we dragging you, it's part of partially because we love you and we know you could be better. So that's part of just, it's just something we've mastered. You know, we've mastered how to make something fashion. I don't care how hard people try. We know how to make things cool. It's just by our very presence. But what I want to zero in on today is our mastery of and how 
high of a value we place on minding your own business. Listen, if something is not your business, I cannot tell you how many phrases we have that are just really about just mind your own business and I take care of mine. I take care of my, this is my business, that's your business. You don't stay out of my business, I'm gonna stay out of yours. I remember, listen, all the way back to the early 80s. Listen, my name is Bennett, black folks finish it. Thank you very much. Ask your neighbor. My name is Wes, that's a little more deep cut. I ain't in this mess. You, listen, if I'm telling you right now, you got coworkers at your office, Black coworkers, I'm pretty sure you don't know anything about them because that's their business. They know, listen, they not asking you about your children. It depends. You know how long you got to work with somebody like that? Work with somebody like from our, from our community, from our coach, how long you got to work with them before you know anything about them outside of this job? Uh, we, we show up, we do our job. No, I ain't going to get drinks with you after. No, I ain't hitting no happy hour. No, I, I look, I'm, y'all not my friends. I got friends. Well, listen, you know what the phrase, no new friend. Listen, that's about minding your business. Like people that are in my business, they in my business. This is my squad. This is us. We done been through the trenches together. I don't trust nobody else. Come, that's not your business. Some, yeah, now think about it. Somebody may be coming out of like trust and, you know, in the feds, and hustle, whatever. Either way, mind your, that's not your business. Let me tell you something that your mama, your aunties, every black child has heard from some older black woman. Hey. That is not your business. Stay out of grown folks' business. You listen, you take care of you. You worry about you. Mama, where you going? You see, my daddy used to say something like, now granted, this might be a whole different situation because he was doing outside activities. But I would say, hey, Pop, where you going? See a man about a dog. But that basically meant don't ask me. Don't ask me. That's none of your business. I used to ask my grandma, Grandma, uh... What you going to do today? She say, I'm going to mind my business. So you just, you just, listen, auntie, what are you doing right now? Minding my business. Same thing you should be doing. Somebody, hey, you, you in the, uh, you in the office in the break room. Hey, what you doing after work? Um, minding my business. I'm, that's not your business. Don't worry about it. That, listen, if you ain't signing my check, or marinating no chicken, I'm not worried about your business. You need to not be worried about mine. Let's talk about the Supreme Court today. Hood politics, y'all. Hey, welcome to another episode, Hood Politics. Hopefully, uh, you hearing this without no ads because you on the cooler zone media because trust me, I could use the financial support from you dudes doing this. Anyway, Supreme Court's been in the news a lot. Uh, and I I think it's important for y'all to understand, which is why I felt like I should do this episode, that like the amount of attention they're getting in the past 10, 15 years is really not the way the Supreme Court was designed. Like this ain't, this has become normal, but it is not supposed to be. This ain't supposed to be normal. Whether we was talking about even the 
confirmation hearings all the way back to Clarence Thomas, who we're going to talk about a lot later, but all the way up to him, to the Amy Coney Barrett, to the Brett Kavanaugh. And then these absolutely bizarre reports about, you know, Clarence Thomas, like hanging with his billionaire friend, Justice Alito out there partying, you know, like this is so new. The only time the Supreme Court was supposed to make the news was really just their writings, their opinions, their rulings. That's the only time you're supposed to know anything about them. And I'm going to get into that design when things flipped and kind of what we're talking about now, because a lot of it really speaks to the way just American politics and culture has shifted almost in the same way that the mob shifted when John Gotti became a thing. Because remember, them G's moved in silence. You wasn't supposed to know who, remember the rule about the mafia was there is no mafia. What are you talking about? You move in silence. You ain't supposed to know anything we doing. That's our business. You keep your business to yourself. But you see the effects. But since the public don't sign my check, y'all not marinating my chicken. I don't care what you think. Your opinion don't matter to me. Let's get into it. Y'all don't sign my check. Y'all ain't marinating my chick. Y'all don't sign my check. Y'all ain't marinating my chick. Y'all don't sign my check. Y'all ain't marinating my chick. Y'all don't sign my check. Y'all ain't marinating my chick. Y'all don't sign my check. Y'all ain't marinating my chick. Y'all don't sign my check. Y'all ain't marinating my chick. Y'all don't sign my check. Bean Dad, the dress. 30 to 50 feral hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. 
Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. So some civics history here, which I think I may have covered before, you know, you got the three branches of government, the judicial, the legislative and the executive. And you're supposed to have these checks and balances, balances of power to make sure that we don't become some sort of monarchy that we ran from. Very reaction formation out this mug. Just our, our, our country's foundation, its origin story is really a case study in Freudian defense mechanisms. But we could talk about that later. Uh, the thing is, though, the Supreme Court, if once you start getting into it, you'd be surprised how little direction the Constitution gives us about that. All the Constitution says is you should have one. It don't say how many of them. It don't say where they office should be. It don't really even say they roll. It just says you're supposed to have one. That's really surprising to people because, listen. Let me tell you why. You know what the Supreme Court function off? Mind your business. <laughs> they didn't even have no office. And it, in its origin, matter of fact, it was important for them to not have an office because they used to ride by horse buggy to all the different colonies to make sure that everybody was following. And they would, they would, they would ride into your city. They would listen to the thing, listen to your stories, listen to the court cases. They would judge and then they would go back. You wasn't supposed to centralize. It wasn't until Marbury versus Madison that there was nine Supreme Court justices and that they got the power that we understand them as, as we know it. Now, I think I said I covered this before. Marbury versus Madison. Y'all go ahead and Google that. Right. I'm teacher prop putting my putting my hat, putting my hat on. Right. Form the Supreme Court into the shape that we kind of see it as today. But still, it didn't it hasn't reached its final form. The form that it is that it's in now until a case in Memphis, Tennessee, which I'm going to get into in a second. But before I get into that case, I, 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 I need to stress. I need you to understand why I'm talking about you understand the Supreme Court. If you understand what it means to my own business. When you learned about the Supreme Court, if you learned about the Supreme Court in school, what did you learn? Exactly. You just learned that we have one and that when there are cases that 
other courts can't solve, you it goes all the way up to them. So you know the big stuff, you know the desegregation, you know abortion, you know the big cases. You don't know all the cases they've been adjudicating on. You know why? Because it's supposed to be boring. They were, you know, the the Marvel series that went straight to Disney Plus, like the B and C characters in the comic book universe that you got to really be in the comic books to know that that's what the Supreme Court was supposed to be. This is supposed to be so boring and they're supposed to be so far removed from the public because they're the one part of our government that you don't vote for. They're chosen because they're supposed to be far from the democratic process because they're supposed to be unswayable by public opinion. And I think in some ways, the Supreme Court still kind of takes that very serious. If you look at these cases that we're going to get into a little later that, you know, they voted on one end to make sure that like if you were adopting a Native American child, that that tribe or a similar tribe had first adoption rights to that Native child, which is like, damn, that's big. And then at the same time, told the Navajo they can't have a water. Like you, like who? Who do you work for here? You got a man like David Suters, who uh, I'll probably brush on a little bit a little later. But like one of the most like quiet, reclusive. He's like the Kendrick Lamar of <laughs> of Supreme Court justices. He's like, look, man, I don't want y'all writing no books on me. Kendrick don't pop out. Like, uh, not in the sense that he's the greatest of all time, but in the sense that, like, Kendrick don't pop out. Kendrick ain't got no social media. He got a little burner account where he cracks jokes on, but he don't be popping out. Don't, like, I don't want, like, I don't want no spotlights. I don't need to, like, my work will speak for itself. And even though he was appointed by Republicans, he rarely votes along their party lines, or he rarely did. Because... Y'all don't sign my check. Y'all ain't marinating my chicken. That, but that was the design. I'm not supposed to worry about what the public think because y'all ain't put, you don't sign my check. Y'all don't marinate my chicken. Don't ask questions. I don't ask questions of you. Yo, Jai, look, we come do our job. You supposed to come up here, ask us what we think. We tell you what we think. We interpret the law. We tell you what it is. Stay out of my business. That's way. that's way they're supposed to move. And then you start... But then when you start saying, I wonder what the rules are about Supreme Court, which is how we got to the Justice Alita and the Clarence Thomas situation where it's like, yo, can they accept money? Can y'all go on these like expensive trips? What's what's the rules about them accepting? Like, can y'all just accept bribes? When, when does it become a bribe? Like, when is there a conflict of interest? Are you allowed to talk to lobbyists? How does any of this how, like how do what do you what do you like? What's the rules around friends? You clearly have power and authority over stuff, but you don't. But you don't have to worry about being elected, so you kind of can do what you want. What are the rules about that? Here's what you learn: there ain't none. I'm gonna say it again. There's only norms. There's no rules. I mean, if you can find them, tell me. There's only like, it would suck if you. It's a bad look when you. We prefer that you. You know, if you're getting if you're getting gifts over a certain amount of money and say, you know, we prefer that you tell us like just just be cool about it and disclose it. Like nobody's saying you can't have it. We just saying, like, just let us know because it looks bad if you don't. Nigga, them ain't rules. Them is that's just a code. They don't have rules. They just have a code. How come you don't know that? Because that's not your business. You don't sign a check. They ain't worried about what you think. Listen. If you're a parent and you got 
middle schoolers or high schoolers. This I please let them hear this part. This is coming from a former teacher. I taught high school. I started off in the juvenile correctional facilities in East Lake. I started off teaching there, then I taught in um alternative education and then finally I taught at a charter high school for the arts, but I did my student teaching at just straight up public schools, right? But all of these schools were they were alternative, but they were all public schools. Like I I've, I've never taught at a private institution. Anyway, I used to tell my students who now are adults, so like it's a different story now, but you, yeah, if your child, listen, if you listening right now, little homie, look it, little homie's uh, gender neutral, so accept it, right? So, so little homie, if you're not doing well in a class, you having behavioral issues or you just, your grades aren't where they should look or where they could look, like you know you could do better in this class. Like don't look it, don't look at your mama, don't look at your daddy, don't look at your auntie, don't look, I'm talking to you. Like if you know you could do better than this and nobody, everybody know, nobody know but you. You know if you really like, if you half-ass in this. Like, I'm sorry if you don't cuss at your kids right now, but I guarantee you your kids cuss, right? So you know you phoning it in. You know you not, you not giving them your A game, you giving them your C game, right? You know it. And your reason is the teacher don't like me. Uh, they mean that fool don't like me. I want you to think about this for a second. This is coming from a teacher. Okay, I used to tell my students, it's not that I don't like you, I don't think about you at all. I'm a grown man. Look it, if class let out at three, at 3.02, I done forgot everything you said, everything that's so important to you, I don't remember. You can't even go get a drink with me. I, I, you, we're not friends, fam. What you mean like you? And why do you care if I like you or not? You got your own friends. What are you going to call me to play Call of Duty? Like, are we, what are we going to do? Fortnite together? We're going to go to the mall? Like, you want me to go to Six Flags with you? We're not friends. What do you care? What do you care what I think? And, and you so mad at me for how I feel about you knowing, listen, in June, we never have to see each other again. What the hell you care, I think? We will ever see each other again in June. And to punish me for how you think I feel about you, you going to give yourself summer school? Because if you did, so, so because, because you don't like me and I don't like you, you going to fail my class and have to repeat it in summer school. And guess what? If I want to make a little extra money, I might teach summer school. You will have to see me again. Do, do you, it's ridiculous. Listen, I don't sign your check. You don't sign my check. I for sure ain't marinating your chicken. You ain't marinating mine. Don't, listen, don't fail no class because you think the teacher don't like you. Uh, let, me, let me tell you something. If your teacher is thinking about you when they get home, they need therapy. <laughs> now, I'm saying that to help you understand that, like, you need to go in there, take care of business for yourself. This like, don't worry about me. Mind your own business. This your own future. What difference does it make what any of your instructors think of you? You do, You there for you. Now, of course, I deeply cared about my students. You know, so I, of course, I thought about them when I went home. You know what I mean? And, and if anybody got under my skin, here's what's crazy is like, now that we're adults, like it's, because I was such a young teacher at the time, like we're all friends. Like I, I adored him. I've had one of the one of the biggest headaches in my class was this kid 
named Jamal, who's actually a rapper now. You've, I don't know if you heard of Xavier Wolf, but his partner is this dude named Eddie Baker. Like Eddie Baker was one of my students. He was he's on Rolling Loud right now. He was on the Rolling Loud uh, festival. I'm so proud of him. And it's not that I didn't like, I actually liked him a lot. You know, he just, he was just 14. And now like, no, we talk all the time. Like he's such a, he's a great young man. You know what I'm saying? Like it all works out. And he's even K, I remember I ran into him at a Black Lives Matter protest. And he came to me, he was like, man, I'm sorry, I was being such a knucklehead at school. I was like, bro, you were me. Like, you didn't get under my skin, bro. I just, I, I didn't, uh, obviously, I just knew you, I knew you was vibrating lower than your potential. I just knew that, you know what I'm saying? And that's what was frustrating to me. It's like, you vibrating lower than your potential. You have a higher vibration than this. And he stepped into it, and I'm very proud of him, you know? But... <laughs> I mean, I seen this nigga's billboard. Like, I'm so proud of this fool. But he was a, he was one of the ones that thought he was hurting my feelings. You know what I'm saying? Like, one time we even like when he was a freshman, I, I battled him. Like, you know, because I was rapping at the time too. I served this little dude, and I served him because I knew he was talented. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, listen, man. Like, you you're more than this. You know. <laughs> anyway, this how this how any healthy teacher un, would function is that. We have our own lives, we have our own friends, and of course, sometimes work can be hard, but I ain't, I'm not losing sleep over no 15-year-old, over no 12-year-old, that's not my child. That means that that child ain't my business. That's, <laughs> I'm gonna do my job, I'm gonna do it well, and then I'm gonna go home. Doesn't mean I don't care about your future, doesn't mean I won't wanna do my job well, you know, because again, a good teacher is obviously invested in their student's future, but listen, man, like, <laughs> y'all, whether you behave or not, my check come every two weeks. Okay? You don't, you're not punishing me. You guys got it? So the Supreme Court, y'all write whatever think pieces you want. You could talk about, y'all say whatever y'all want about. Listen, you, <laughs> politicians being like, oh, this is a activist court oh this guy you Kavanaugh ain't think about y'all Amy Coney she ain't she ain't think about you at all which is why this season is so interesting let's keep going Dad, The Dress, 30 to 50 Feral Hogs. If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus, where every week I take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who were they? What made them so notorious? Why did the internet choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? I'll be talking to internet historians, experts, and yes, the main characters themselves to get a fuller picture. Because I think that even outside individual experiences, a character of the day tells us something about how the internet worked at that time and how the attention economy developed into the freaky three-headed dragon it is today. 
Together, we probably won't be able to properly log out, but we can take a walk down scary internet memory lane and see one day a little more clearly. Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Danielle Moody here, host of the Woke AF Daily podcast. We've been with iHeart's Outspoken Network for a year, and what a year it has been. Every weekday, I navigate our rapidly changing world alongside our series of fabulous expert guests. As we head deeper into 2024 and yet another life-changing election cycle, Woke AF Daily is here to keep you sane and woke. Woke not just to the latest headlines, but also to the collective power we all have. Woke to the need to build community with those around us. Woke to how to avoid burnout and woke to the ways we can all find joy in the madness. Make Woke AF Daily with Danielle Moody your podcast destination for 2024 election news and analysis. And tune in to hear the ways I am working to stay grounded amidst it all. Listen to Woke AF Daily Season 5 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is an NAACP and Webby award-winning podcast dedicated to all things mental health, personal development, and all of the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. Here, we have the conversations that help Black women decipher how their past inform who they are today and use that information to decide who they want to be moving forward. We chat about things like how to establish routines that center self-care, what burnout looks and feels like, and defining what aspects of our lives are making us happy and what parts are holding us back. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there. So I want to take y'all back now to this case in Memphis that I wanted to bring up in um, the 60s. It's where we get the term the political thicket. This is the moment when, depending on who you ask, the Supreme Court stopped minding its own business. Okay, it's a, this, is, this is big. Now, it's absurd to say that like the courts have never been in the political thicket because even though they're not elected or, you know, voted on, they're chosen and appointed by elected officials. So it's by nature a political process that gets you on the courts. However, this moment I'm about to teach all about almost makes the quiet thing come out loud. And again, pinning who you ask, got the court stuck in the, in the muck and the mire that they in now. And that case is the Baker versus Carr case. Now, look, it's 1961. On the surface, it just seems like a voter district, you know, run-of-the-mill case, right? Here's the situation. Tennessee, in the city of Memphis, you know, had never redrawn their districts. Now, granted, between 1901, last time they drew their districts was 1901. Now it's 1961, which means that obviously demographics have changed. 
the cities are ginormous, right? There's way more people. And as you know, districting works. You get the amount of congressmen based on your population. You have more population. You have more Congress people, right? You remember, every state has two senators, but you have, but your congressmen are based on your, your district's population, right? Gerrymandering's a whole different thing. That's how you draw the district lines. But what it's saying is like, yo, uh, we need to, we need to redraw these districts. Um, because we're not ruled no more. Like, it's just the state has changed. Tennessee's like, I ain't redrawing shit, right? And the, and the city of Memphis is like, well, nigga, you have to. Here's how it breaks down. Think of it like a 23 to 1 ratio. So think of it like this. If a rural area has one person, and for every one person, there's 23 people in the city, right? That one person has all the power for voting that it would take 23 people in the city to equal that one person's power. Think of that. So that means that same power for that one vote is split among 23 people in the urban area because they have the same amount of representatives despite having 23 more people. So it's like if you live in a city, you have one twenty third the power of a person in the rural areas. Is that but there's more of us like, don't you think because there's more of us, we should have more representation. And they was like, nah, we're not going to do that. Obviously, what's going on here? Black people are in the city. Like, so it's that Memphis is urban. The rural districts are generally white. They not trying to lose their power. This, I mean, it's obvious what's going on. They trying to, they trying to hold on to their power. And that is another way of like sort of disenfranchising African-American votes, right? Poverty is not the issue right now because everybody poor. You know what I'm saying? It's this is dis- disenfranchising African-American votes, right? So that's, that's the case that's in front of the Supreme Court. The hard part about the Supreme Court is state legislative districting is generally none of their business. They've never had to decide on how the districts are set up or not set up. That's never, that's, that's what's hard about being on the Supreme Court. If you're on the Supreme Court, you're supposed to be looking at the cases and judging what the law would say about the cases. But the problem is once it's at the Supreme Court, that means that there is no law. Like, <laughs> we don't know what the law is. That's how it made it all the way up here. We can't decide what the actual law is, which is why sometimes you kind of have to have an ideologue. You have to have a philosophical position, which is why even though it's not political, it's very political. You have to see the world in a certain way. So if you see the world from a conservative lens, right, you're going to have a way to interpret a law that may not be there and what law might sh- should be. Or the other way around, you see the world in a liberal, liberal lens, you know, a progressive lens. You're going to say, okay, well, this might be. And you say, well, what about the Constitution? This, are you listening to me? The Constitution don't say nothing about it. That's why it's in the courts. Do you understand what I mean? So this is the situation that they face. And now there's two Supreme Court justices I want you to meet right now. There's Justice uh, Frankfurter. That's that man's name. It's Justice Frankfurter. Right wing, brilliant asshole. Like, there's even stories to where, like, if you was a clerk and you was bringing him papers, he would let you come in there, drop the paper on the ground, make you pick it up and hand it to him because he was just an asshole. He was known for, like, when it was time for him to talk, he would talk. There was, I mean, talk 90 minutes to uh, two hours, three hours straight just pontificating on the courts because he was trying to prove his point because he believed everybody's stupid. Justice Frankfurter. Then there's Justice William Douglas, his equal and opposite. Uh... Left wing, I mean, we're talking liberal, mountain climber, hunter, super forward thinker, absolute prick. Just, 
just as arrogant and just these are two of some of the most brilliant minds in the country at the time and they're dickheads okay <laughs> like just absolute dickhead okay but they see the world differently. And apparently they had like a lot of respect for each other because they knew each other was brilliant. They just disagreed fundamentally at a philosophical level. You know why you never heard of this? Because it's not your business. That's what I'm trying to tell you. So then there's this third guy, right? Justice Whitaker. Now, Justice Whitaker is so interesting to me. He never went to college. That nigga is self-taught. Ain't that great? Like Justice Whitaker was self-taught. Fam, he just outworked, out hustled, just obviously you smart as a whip. But because he didn't go to no formal university, he really ain't had no like political ideology. He was like, yo, I mean, I read the books. I just want to hear like I don't have no I don't have no leaning either way. I just I just think law is interesting. And so if that's the case, if he's that dude, then guess who everybody gunning for? Because he became what's called the swing vote. Right. That's why our Supreme Courts have odd numbers. Right. Somebody need to be convinced of something else. He was the one everybody convinced, because as we know, if you are already conservative, you're supposed to just vote conservative. You're already liberal. You're supposed to vote liberal. Now, sometimes things change. Right. But for the most part, he's the most valuable vote. Now, in this case, it was even known to say, like, like, he's the type of dude that, like, if he would sit down and talk to you for 30 minutes, he would listen to your case and be like, damn, dude. Your argument where you're like, damn, man, that fool got a point. Then he go to the next office and hear the opposite side and be like, damn, man, that fool got a point. Like he was just so open to hear what everybody say, because, again, he ain't come from no like traditional sort of like route into the Supreme Court. Anyway, so like in a perfect world, that's what you want from your judges, right? You want them to be open minded to at least understand the law so well and be willing to, despite whatever their positions, you would hope that they would have no position, right? That they would just honestly take the case by its merit. Clearly that don't exist. Not in our world. Because again, you have to have a lens for a grid for which you put the world through. I remember I, I suggested a book called What is Justice by Malcolm Sandow or Michael Sandow. This is a good time to refer back to that book because you have to, what do you mean when you say just, right? That's the question that comes up, especially when you're trying to interpret a law that ain't even there. Your whole job is about gray areas. And you would hope people would be fair and honest. But we have somehow convinced ourselves that fair and honest means apolitical. And that's not, that's not the planet we exist on. This case, it's, it's groundbreaking because it actually, like, it killed Justice Whitaker. Did you hear me? Literally, it killed him. He had to take a leave of absence. He developed, like, ulcer because he just could not make a decision in this case. It just, it broke him. Now, why couldn't he make this decision? Because, scroll back a little bit and hear the, the merits of the case, right? This is clearly unjust. It is obviously a way to perpetuate racism. You are disenfranchising voters and you know it. You are undermining constitutional rights, which was Justice William Douglas' position. Like, I don't understand what the problem is. This is clearly unfair. This how the districts work. If there's more people, 
they get more representatives. I don't understand what we talk about here. Tennessee, you tripping. You clearly need to fix this. Justice Frankfurter was like, be that as it may, I don't know if it's our place to correct that. What? It's like, dude, if we get into the political process, and, and what's scary is fast forward to Bush v. Gore, fast forward to Trump. If we get in the middle of this shit, the courts are going to be asked to adjudicate things that were supposed to be democratically voted on. We don't want this smoke. Even if we think it's wrong, the courts are going to be stuck. And by stuck, he uses that word picture I said earlier, the political thicket. If you know what a thicket is, it's almost like mangroves. It's just winding, twisty plant roots and branches that you just get stuck in. And it's such an image, dude. He's, listen, these people ain't marinating our chicken. Like, you don't want to smoke. I don't want to be in this. Like, my name is Bennett. Nigga, stay out they business. This shit gonna come get us. Stay out the tea. Don't sip this tea, y'all. Deciding votes forever. We can't, listen, we don't want this smoke, y'all. I'm telling you principally, if we do this, nigga, we going to be doing this forever. And they going to blame elections on us. These politicians, these people, they going to come look for us when they don't like the results. They going to come make us be the referee on some shit that we not equipped to, nor is that our role. Like we not even supposed to be in this. This is not our business. That was his position. And the other position, like I said, was like, we have a moral obligation. We, you, you see this is wrong. And how are you going to fast forward into the future to know what the hell is going to happen? How do you know? We are judging the case that's in front of us. And the case in front of us is clearly unjust. Justice Whitaker was getting people at his house all the time, walking in with the Pappy Van Winkle and the dope cigars, trying to convince this man what he needs to, to do on this. Because the courts were split. And listen, he never actually voted on it. Because he died before he could. It literally broke his brain. He agonized over this. And I think you guys know what happened. If you live in current times, the Supreme Court decided this was unjust. And the courts have been in the political thicket ever since. Ain't that crazy? That moment. It, it, it changed everything, yo. Ain't that crazy? Dog. So all this prep make me realize I should probably turn this into a part two because I need to talk about Clarence Thomas, his backstory and Justice Alita. And yeah, there's some specific characters before I can even get to what the what the courts just actually decided. 
God dog, man. But listen, I, I so we gonna do a mind your goddamn business part two uh, next week. But until then, listen. If they ain't signing your check or marinating your chicken, none of your business. Little politics, y'all. You know, I don't know why I ain't thought of this before, but, you know, you could use promo code HOOD for... 15% 15% off on terraformcoldbrew.com. Like, I forgot I own that company and this is my pod. Y'all go ahead and punch your promo code hood if you in the cold brew. And get you some cold brew. Go and get you some coffee. Y'all, like, I can't believe I ain't thinking this still right now. Yo, this thing right here was recorded by me, Propaganda, in East Los Boyle Heights, Los Angeles, California. This thing was mixed, edited, mastered, and scored by the one and only Matt Osowski. Y'all, check out this fool's music. I mean, it's incredible. Executive produced by Sophie Lichterman for Cool Zone Media. Man, and thank you for everybody who continue to tap in with us. Make sure you leave them reviews and five-star ratings and sharing it with the homies so we could get this thing pushed up in the algorithm and listen i just want to remind you these people is not smarter than you if you understand city living you understand politics we'll see you next week bean dad the dress 30 to 50 feral hogs If you knew what any of those were, you spend too much time online. And hey, I do too. 16th Minute of Fame is a new weekly podcast hosted by me, Jamie Loftus. And every week we take a closer look at an internet character of the day. Who are they? What made them so notorious? How did the internet or the algorithm choose them? And what does a person do when they're suddenly confronted with more attention than the human psyche can handle? Listen to 16th Minute of Fame on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Black Effect presents Family Therapy, and I'm your host, Elliot Connie. Jay is the woman in this dynamic who is currently co-parenting two young boys with her former partner, David. David, he is a leader. He just don't want to leave me. But how do you lead a woman? How do you lead in a relationship? Like, what's the blueprint? David, you just asked the most important question. Listen to Family Therapy on the Black Effect Podcast Network, iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Therapy for Black Girls podcast is your space to explore mental health, personal development, and all the small decisions we can make to become the best possible versions of ourselves. I'm your host, Dr. Joy Harden-Bradford, a licensed psychologist in Atlanta, Georgia, and I can't wait for you to join the conversation every Wednesday. Listen to the Therapy for Black Girls podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take good care, and we'll see you there.